This is a Pasco Media production. Please visit pascomedia.com. Welcome to the Abiding Together podcast, where we desire to provide a place of connection, rest, and encouragement for those of you who are on the journey with Jesus Christ, living out your passion and purpose just like us. And my name is Sister Miriam James, and today we are going to talk about beauty, and that's one of our favorite topics for a variety of reasons. And so I just want to invite my dear friends, as usual, into this beautiful conversation, um, Heather Kim, who got up really early this morning for this. Can I just say that, Heather? I think you've had no coffee either. <laughs> And Michelle, Michelle Benzinger as well. But Heather, can you tell us how you doing? Are you surviving at this time? You're right. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm doing okay. We've had a bit of a week as, you know, everybody does. I know our listeners, many of you are going to be able to relate to, uh, you just going through and then all of a sudden something comes up and throws things sideways. So our, our youngest daughter broke her upper arm this Mm. week. And so spent some time at the hospital. There was a surgery, all the things. Now we're, doing the nursing thing at home and uh yeah just praying for her recovery and um I was reminded I was there two years ago with our son who had a, his appendix rupture it was kind of all too familiar when I was in there but you know I found too it was like kind of a victory because I was very I was able to quickly go to a very prayerful place and just felt God's presence in the whole thing so I feel very blessed at the moment despite uh, the difficulty that's happening right now um God has been very present so you know I'm tired but I'm just relying on him and that's probably the best place to be <laughs> right now how are you Michelle um, I'm great. Um, I'm good. This has been a busy week for me, but not crazy like your week. But it is finally mm-hmm. fall on the Gulf Coast. Like we had temperatures in the <laughs> 40s one night. So Whoa. I had to, no way. I know. I know. I had to wear this thing called a jacket. Um, I hadn't experienced Ooh. it in probably nine to ten months. And <laughs> it is. And socks. Like I was like, oh my gosh, I have to actually put socks and real <laughs> shoes on instead of flip flops. And so it was a thing, but it's beautiful. It's great weather. And yeah, it is all good in the hood. So, mm-hmm. how are you, well, sister? I, you know, I'm doing pretty good. I just uh, was on the road once again doing several events and. I don't know about you, but when I landed in Corpus Christi, my last flight landed, it was like eight o'clock at night. And I just, it quickly occurred to me that I don't have to get back on an airplane for a couple more weeks. And I I didn't, I forgot about that. I'm like, oh my gosh, I get to be a person for a little bit. (laughs) So, um, yes, I am delighted about that. And so it's just always good to do that. Go on a little retreat here in a little bit and just experience God's love for us. It's so incredibly beautiful and overwhelming. So today what we're going to talk about is a beauty. Beauty will save the world. And so we have a little quote here from C.S. Lewis, one of our favorite authors in his amazing sermon. If you haven't read the sermon, The Weight of Glory, do it. It's absolutely gorgeous on so many levels. And this is just one of the quotes that we pulled from that sermon, but the whole thing is beautiful. So here is what C.S. Lewis says about beauty. And I think We all know this intuitively deep within our hearts. So he says, We do not want to merely see beauty, though God knows that is bounty enough. We want something else which can hardly be put into words. To be united with the beauty we see, to pass into it, to receive it into ourselves, to bathe in it, and to become part of it. 
And I think that this speaks to our deepest longing, really, because what it's speaking to is our it, our a desire for God, who is all beautiful. He is the beautiful one, and a desire to to live with Him in eternal, consummate union forever, for all eternity. Which, as C.S. Lewis will say later on in the Chronicles of Narnia, that it's it's like a book which just gets better at every chapter. Every chapter is better than the one before. And we have all kinds of ideas about beauty, especially in this day and culture. But we're talking about the beauty, the transcendent beauty, the pure beauty. That actually what that does is that leads us beyond ourselves into God. So love, love always brings us beyond ourselves. So the particular aspect of beauty, which beauty is a particular thing that actually bypasses the intellect. You can perceive it with your intellect, but it's so powerful that it actually bypasses your intellect and goes right into your heart. And so when we're talking about beauty, we're talking about the transcendental, that transcendental good, right? That brings us beyond ourself into what is holy and true. So I wonder, Michelle, I know for you, especially, um, your just work with women and just your own ministry and your own uh, desire to bring beauty to people. And you're the one who offered this quote as well. So how does that strike you when we talk about beauty saving the world and being immersed in beauty? What do you, what do you think about that? I think, um, beauty is one of those topics where we have the wrong definition, like you said of it, where we think of beauty as something cosmetic or we think of something beauty as superficial, and those are like the mm-hmm. counterfeit or the, um, imposters of beauty where beauty is like you were saying, like a divine, um, attribute of God. And it lifts our head up and helps us gaze to the heavenly. You know, it helps us gaze, you know, there's something more and there's something about beauty that true beauty, authentic beauty that opens our heart and stirs our heart and helps us lift our head up and our eyes up. They're like, Oh, there's something more. Okay, if there's this beauty or this is stirring me, like when you see like majestic mountains or you see like a sunset, you know, that it leads you to think, okay, how did that sunset or that mountain get here? It ultimately leads you to a creator, you know, and that is first and foremost who God, um, his attribute in scripture tells us, you know, it starts in Genesis and he was first and foremost a creator. So like to discover beauty and to incorporate beauty in our own lives brings us back into the garden and to figure out who God is first and foremost. And he is creator and he has called us to co-create with him and to dive into beauty. And there's something about beauty when you experience it, like the authentic kind, whether it's simple or it's profound, you know, like I can experience simple beauty in a cup of coffee by myself on my porch in the morning with no one talking to me and feeling, um, <laughs> that it is a highly beautiful moment yeah, right there. Yeah. <laughs> it is totally a beautiful moment right now, but there's something about beauty is in simplicity and then beauty is in grandeur. Also, you know, it holds in this tension. So it's mm-hmm. both. But how do we experience beauty like in our daily lives and how do we co-create with God and the Holy Spirit to bring beauty, you know, into the world? Like these are questions that I am constantly thinking about in my head. I mean, I think about a lot of things in my head, probably way too many things in my head, but these are some of the questions that I'm always asking. Like, okay, how can I co-create with the Holy Spirit to bring beauty into the world? Because there's something about beauty um, that heals and redeems and restores and just, it changes us, you know? And so, um, yeah, so it's something I'm just get really excited to talk about. What about you, Heather? Yeah. You know, when we were talking, just listening to you talk, I was had all of these different little flashes of memories flooding through my mind, you know, of moments where I've been at a concert or something. Uh, one in particular was listening to the Canadian tenors live with my family and they sang the, uh, bring him home song from Les Mis. Oh, that, mm. that was just one of those moments of beauty where it just, 
it it almost aches like it's so beautiful it like you you i mean we were all had tears it was just so stunning but um look it up people if you're listening just look that up right now but yeah it it almost makes you ache because it's so stunning you know mm-hmm. um i've talked a lot about this mountain that's by our house called mount baker and every morning we drive to school we see this stunning snow-capped mountain all year round it's just this big snowy mountain and there are so many mornings that I look at that mountain and it fills me with hope. It's like the beauty somehow leads me beyond my small experiences that might be troublesome or difficult to realize the greatness of God, you know, that he created something so beautiful that he's capable of handling whatever is going on in my world. Um, and my little Eva, my youngest, the one who broke her arm, she often will look at Mount Baker in the morning. And there was one morning where she just said, Mom, look at it. It just makes me want to cry. And I thought, you know, that is the experience of true beauty. <laughs> like that doesn't happen when you look at something that's fake and overdone and superficial. That's a totally different experience mm-hmm. when we have the world's external view of beauty compared to something that it almost pains you, but in a good way, you know, um, and causes your mind mm-hmm. to, to, and your heart to lift beyond uh, the normal circumstances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts, sister? I think that's, that's exactly what it does. And that's what true beauty does. It pierces us. It pierces us and makes us ache for the divine. It makes us ache beyond ourself. It doesn't actually causes us. Like that's what ecstasy is, is to go out of oneself. And so it causes us to, and whether that beauty takes form of, uh, na- nature or creation or uh, the human person or a moment or a music, a piece of music, or even as something as beautiful as like the, I guess you could call it the terrible beauty of the cross, mm. something so incredibly beautiful of love poured out. Like we see, we can inherently see the beauty and it makes us go beyond ourself in, into a, Yes. And so I think that's what it, that's why it's so painful sometimes. And I, I have to say on Twitter this last week, you know, John Mayer, the, um, the musician, he had a very, very, uh, insightful tweet. He said something to the effect of, and I actually retweeted it. I'm like, wow, well, I'm retweeting John Mayer, but <laughs> <laughs> he said, he said, if you're pretty, you're pretty, but in order to be beautiful, you have to be loving. Otherwise it's just congratulations on your face. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, Holy cow, dude. Like, who are you? Yeah. You know, and I had some other comments that I didn't post publicly on Twitter about that, but I thought, amen. Cause we, we, we know that beauty is something much deeper than just the superficial. It speaks to something into the essence of what it means to be human. Mm-hmm. And so when you see people lose a taste for beauty or to kind of turn away from beauty, you know, something's happening deep within their hearts. And yeah, so I, I think I've thought about that a lot, actually. I, I mean, I love beauty. Obviously, I talk about it a lot. But it's just something that captivates me. I find Jesus to be very beautiful. And I tell him that all the time, like, you're so beautiful, mm-hmm. you know? So it just radiates mm-hmm. from him. There was this beautiful quote that I came across. It's just not really a quote, but a section of um, Pope Benedict's uh, The Meeting with the Artists. You can look it up online if you're interested in reading more about that. But I loved what he said here. It kind of captures what we're all talking about. He said, We see both the darkness of the modern eclipse of beauty and true beauty's ability to lead to sight. Too often, though, the beauty that is thrust upon us is illusory and deceitful, superficial and blinding, leaving the onlooker dazed instead of bringing him out of himself and opening him up to horizons of true freedom as it draws him aloft. It imprisons him within himself and further enslaves him, depriving him of hope and joy. 
Authentic beauty, however, mm-hmm. unlocks the yearning of the human heart, the profound desire to know, to love, to go towards the other, to reach for the beyond. If we acknowledge that beauty touches us intimately, that it wounds us, that it opens our eyes, then we rediscover the joy of seeing, of being able to grasp the profound meaning of our existence. There's so much that he says in there that I, I know I feel like we could just stop right now. That's the mic drop right there. Um, <laughs> yep. And discuss people. Let us be on our way. Um, but I think, you know, the he talks about so much good stuff in there, but. And that's from the letter to artists, right, Heather? Sorry. Uh, yeah, it's called the meeting with artists. Yeah. Okay, um, gotcha. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I think there's something about allowing our eyes to be open to see that experience of Mm. seeing, you know, that we need to look beyond and we need to take moments. This is something that I've I've begun to practice in my own personal life. Just the discipline of pausing at moments of beauty Mm. to soak it in, like to not just let it go by and go, Oh, sunset, you know, like kids will often point out in the car, Oh, look at that. Or look at this. And sometimes as a, as a parent or an adult, we could just be like too busy, you know? So we go, Oh yeah, cool. You know, no, it's not. Oh, cool. Like it's a moment to pause and let the beauty sink in and affect us, you know? So I find for myself, the longer that I just pause and look at a sunset or watch, watch a bird outside or something that catches my attention that's beautiful, that I actually pause as a, an honor to God, you know, to say, I see you, like, I see your beauty here. Um, because he isn't, he doesn't just make beautiful things. He is beauty. You know, Mm -hmm. so every time we see something beautiful, Mm -hmm. we are seeing him. And so that's just my own personal inner reflection of like, God, I want to honor you by saying, I see you here. Like, I see you here and I just love what you just made (laughs) for me to see. So Michelle, Mm -hmm. what strikes you about um, just what Pope Benedict says there? Well, I mean, I absolutely love that quote, but I love what you were saying about seeing because I did, you have to connect um, beauty with wonder. You can't separate the two, you know? And then if you are like, it's almost like um, you're plugging yourself in, like recharging yourself. When you are connected and plugged in with the Holy Spirit and with the Lord, then you're connected with beauty. And it makes life almost an adventure, an art form. You know, Pope John Paul II says, you know, in his letter to artists, like, make your life a masterpiece, a work of art, mm-hmm. you know, and to do that and to fully live into this Christian life, you have to be aware of beauty. And in the letter to artists from Pope John Paul II, also, he says, um, be on the lookout for epiphanies of beauty, mm-hmm. you know, oh, where you nice. just discover it and it's a wonder and it's amazing. But when you make that time, like you were saying to pause, like when I um, unplug, especially if I'm unplugging from any kind of electronical device, like if I put my stinking phone down mm-hmm. and starting mm-hmm. to really pay attention to my life, then I see these epiphanies of beauty, you know, and those are usually the simple ones. You know, the simple epiphanies of beauty. Like for me, um, the house that we live in is a restored farmhouse and it was built in 1898. And the other morning I was up early and I had my bare feet and everything is hardwood floors or tile in my house. And my feet were just shuffling across the hardwood floors. And I was listening to the sound and I'm thinking to myself, 
Okay, who was the woman in 1898 whose feet were shuffling over these hardwood floors? That's awesome. You know, these beautiful floors. You know, but it makes you think. It makes you connect to humanity and it opens up your humanity. You know, I can tell when I am rushed or when I am going about or I am in to-do list or I am um, managing my life and not living my life. I forget about God's wonder. I forget about God's epiphanies of beauty. But when I stop and I'm aware... There's something that opens up in my heart and there's something that heals in my heart, Mm -hmm. you know, to pay attention to my life. You know, um, one, probably one of my favorite poets is Mary Oliver and she's, um, I'm going to not get this quote exactly right, but she says something like, I want to be around the people that say, look, and are in awe of life and then bow their heads in amazement. Mm -hmm. And so, and I just love that quote because I'm like, that's what I want to be. You know, I want to be one of those people like, ah. Oh my goodness. Look at that beauty. And to call beauty forth out in others and other people. You mm-hmm. know, I think mm-hmm. it's a real work of art. I think it is a work of art to declare the beauty that is in other people and to call that out in them, you know, and say, mm-hmm. I, you know, and some people are like, well, that's kind of awkward. What are you going to say to somebody? You know, like I see the beautiful way your eyes <laughs> shine, but no, say, Hey, you really rock how you do this. Are you amazing mm-hmm. how you do this? Like call mm-hmm. forth what the creator has done forth in them and is doing in them or has attributed to them. And that's a work of art. That is beauty. I mean, we've talked about that with our husbands and our kids in earlier podcasts, but just to people in general around our life, you know, and what are the simple ways that we can create beauty in our homes and with our friends and community? I mean, it's little things. It's not huge things. It's lighting a candle. Playing a little John Mayer in the background, your body is a wonderland. <laughs> Whatever you want to do, you know. Come on. And so I'm a, I'm a huge John Mayer fan. So anyway, um, but um, okay, this is a total aside. I did have to Google one day because we were having this conversation at dinner two weeks ago on who did John Mayer write all of his different songs for? Because I had to find out what girlfriends were what songs and who he wrote them for. Because you, know, <laughs> you want to know the story kind of behind the words. I totally <laughs> want to know the story behind the words. And so, um, you know, give me that meaning, John. So, yeah, you know, so how are we supposed to create forth beauty? You know, it's simple, but mm-hmm. it makes life an adventure. You know, it makes life mm-hmm. an art form. What about you, sister? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I agree with everything you said, and I, I'm convicted more and more of God just stopping me in the daily moments and receiving beauty because He sends it in so many different ways. And I've just had the overwhelmingly, incredibly sacred uh, experience of just hearing some people's stories lately that are so vulnerable and just so, just so broken and so beautiful. And I can't tell you that those moments, I literally bowed my head as I was listening on the phone to their story Mm -hmm. and just reverencing them as people Mm -hmm. and their vulnerability and their willingness to bring that out and entrust it to me. I just, it's so sacred and just so I, I wept over it. I offered it to the Lord. I just prayed for them. I put them on the altar and pray for them by name. And I, I think there's something so incredibly powerful about that. And I think even as we talk about this and obviously we're women and perhaps even many women looking at the label to this podcast might kind of have an aversion to it because maybe we could talk about the flip side of what we consider beautiful uh, because a lot of us have a love hate relationship with what we would consider beauty. Mm. And 
in society today, like we said, beauty has a lot of different connotations. And, and as you said, it's highly cosmetic or it's superficial or it's photoshopped or it's filtered or it's this very small minority of what, what the world considers beautiful that every woman hustles for at times in her life, young and old. And I think that when we're speaking of beauty, we're not, we're speaking, I mean, a woman is the most beautiful thing God ever created as we know that. And her beauty is actually meant to heal. That's why God made her so beautiful. She's a window into heaven, his healing power, his reception of the person, like we talked about in our series on the feminine genius and how to fight like a girl. But that maybe we could talk a little bit about just, I know for myself, the relationship with the world's idea of beauty has been a deep battle in my life. And it was an idolatry for a long time. The, the idol of physical beauty was such an idol and I didn't know that about myself. And so I really had to come out of agreement with that and just repent of that and ask the Lord to speak to what is truly beautiful in my life and to be able to reverence and to encourage what, what true beauty is. So Heather, I don't know, as I kind of throw that out there, do you have, what are your thoughts about that? And I know we've, we've had extent, the three of us have had long conversations about this, but what would you say to our listeners about Mm -hmm. that? Yeah, I think a common experience is for many of us, I definitely have had this experience in my life many, many times where you look at the world's um, idea of beauty and what they hold up as beautiful. And you think, well, if I don't measure up to that, whether you're a man or a woman, if I don't measure up to whatever the world is saying is beautiful, like that word isn't just for women, then somehow that means I'm not beautiful, that I have no beauty to offer anybody. Mm. Um, Mm. So then you, in, in many ways, hold back. You don't allow yourself to be fully present to people um, because you don't think that you have beauty to offer. Where, like you said, oh, that's, that's just so one mm-hmm. small little thing about beauty. I would say Mother Teresa is stunningly beautiful, but in the in the world's eyes, like she is not beautiful. She's a, this. She was this old wrinkly woman um, with deformed toes. But you go, wow, why does she have deformed toes? Because she used to just wear these shoes. Like she didn't even have her own shoes because she would give them away to people. Um, well, that's incredibly beautiful, you know. And often when you hear people's stories, when you get to know their heart they become so beautiful. I don't want to, you know, acknowledge John Mayer too much for his quote, but it does tie into a little bit of what he's acknowledging something that's true, you know, that it's, yeah, congratulations on your face if that's all it is, but having kindness in your heart, like we know so many people who might on the outside have all of the look that the world is looking for, um, but their hearts are ugly. You know, they're really not a beautiful person, the way that they treat other people, the Mm -hmm. way they speak of other people. And it's very self-centered. And that goes back to what Pope Benedict was saying, that often the beauty that's thrust upon us by the world is illusory. It's superficial and deceitful, and it actually pulls us into ourselves. It makes us just focus on ourselves, where real beauty causes us to look out, to want to engage with another person, to reach out to humanity um, and bless one another. And I think that that's a good reflection for us. Like the things that I'm consuming in my life, are they causing me to just stay oh, yes. inward? Is is this... um a superficial beauty or is it causing me to come out and um, give my want to offer myself as a gift to the world and to other people? I think these are things we actually really need to take time to ponder because far too often we're just, mm-hmm. you know, digesting whatever comes our way instead of being very intentional about it. Michelle, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And I think, you know, for women, especially like there, what both of you were saying, but there is like a place of woundedness or comparison, you know, I think more so than anything, it's a comparison. Like this woman is beautiful this way, or this woman is beautiful this way, or this woman weighs this much, whether it be weight or looks or something. And I think that's where you have to go authentic beauty and true beauty. And what is your body? You know, like, okay, we do not want to quote. John Mayer anymore, but like, all right, really the thing, your body is a wonderland. It's beautiful. Your body is a temple of the Holy spirit, mm-hmm. you know? And I think I've said it on the podcast before. One thing that God's really convicted me of this year is, you know, your body is not a war or battle to be conquered. It is a temple for my glory to shine through, you know, where I, where I feel like I've had to beat my body into submission to do what I want or look this way or, you know, to get healthy this way. But if you're thinking about health and beauty it is a temple. It's where God's glory resides and presides to be, you know, go out from. But I also think the people that I've experienced, women, especially where I look at them like, oh my goodness, they are so beautiful. There is something about their beauty that you can rest in. That oh, is yes. inviting, mm-hmm. but that you can rest in and you don't feel like you can, you have to compare yourself, mm-hmm. you know? And for me, one of my, you know, one of the just doing design and fashion, you know, our, one of my favorite style icons is Audrey Hepburn. You know, when I look at her, I see beauty, but I don't look at her and think, Oh my gosh, I want to be compare myself to her. There's something about her beauty that is inviting and that you can rest in. And then you see pictures of her later in her life where she is helping the poor and serving the poor. She ended up being a UNICEF rep, you know, and she's with the poorest of the poor. So here is the stunning woman, you know, and here she is with the poorest of the poor and taking care of them, you know, mm-hmm. um, who are the top designers, you know, designed for her. And, um, and when you see her in those gowns, there's something beautiful about that and the aesthetics that's very inviting. But when you see her with the poor of the poor, it's equally as beautiful and inviting, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, yeah. And beauty shouldn't intimidate, you know, mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. should stir us. Mm-hmm. You know, to think of the others, um, mm-hmm. it should inspire, you know, mm-hmm. it should inspire and not intimidate us. And that is what true mm-hmm. authentic beauty is, you know, at least in my mind. What about you, sister? Mm-hmm. Well, I love what you both are talking about. And really, I think that you're both very astutely speaking of what what is the fruit of what you're consuming because you're speaking of fruit, right? And so I think what a great thing, really, as I'm listening to you, both is like for the next week of what is the fruit that I'm of what's being born and what I'm consuming? Is it, is my Instagram feed or is what I'm looking at? Is it inspiring envy? Is it inspiring self-loathing? Is it inspiring, you know, some sort of isolation or comparison? Or is it like looking at sacred art? The sacred art inspires wonder and awe and rest and going out of oneself. I think that, you know, that's a really great helpful tool and discernment of what am I spending my time consuming and what's being brought into my life? And then what are the fruits of that? Because really what we want is the the fruit, that, that fruit of rest of, of give of self gift of receiving the other person of blessing of encouragement. Um, and I think those are really important. So I just, I don't know. That's a great, I just think that's a great tool for discernment is what's the fruit born of what I'm consuming. Mm -hmm. And really, how can we offer our beauty to the world? God has made us in his image and likeness. Mm-hmm. And, and in and of that, I mean, that alone, like, has endowed us with a beauty beyond our comprehension that he's calling us to offer the world. Yes. And each of us, male, female, in our uniqueness and in our complementarity, are able to offer this gift to the world. 
but we can only do that if we are walking in freedom and understand what true beauty is. And so I just want to even say an encouragement mm-hmm. to the male listeners. Um, you know, your hearts were made to fight for beauty as well and, and to win beauty. Mm-hmm. And I think often, you know, many men are just put in categories as if that's not something they pursue or desire, um, that they're just always um, at at the mercy of their flesh or whatever that is, you know, but there are so many good men that I know mm-hmm. in my life who are, who, who are pursuing true beauty and who are speaking for beauty and really honoring beauty in the world. And so I just want to give a shout out to the guys and just an encouragement to you um, that you have Amen. an incredible um, capacity to draw beauty out in the world as well. Ladies. All right. So it is time for our one thing. So, Michelle, would you like to bless our listeners first with your one thing for the week? Oh, I would love, love, love to. So my one thing is this. Actually, it is a work of beauty. Totally. Yeah, of course it, is it is called the Examine Journal. Uh, yeah, it's called the Examine Journal. And it is was designed and written by um, a wonderful lady, Mary Williams. Um, and she has a... Um, a website called Creating to Love. And basically it's a journal based on the practices of St. Ignatius of Loyola. And it's like a spiritual diary for every day mm-hmm. of the year. And you, she has questions that you can ask. So you can do an examination of conscience every night and they're beautiful questions, but it is a beautiful journal. It's a great, I'm all about just spiritual disciplines and tools but when you connect them with beauty too, because the cover is like this beautiful watercolor cover that I just love, you know, and it has really pretty paper. I'm a really good big thing on paper quality, but, um, it's just really great. And so when you put all those together, it's just like a spiritual combo that you can't beat. So yeah, it's called the, um, examine journal and we'll post the link on the website. How about can't wait. How about you, sister? What is your one thing? My one thing is a great talk that I was listening to by the Bethel senior pastor, Bill Johnson. And we've talked about Bill Johnson before, and I, I just so enjoy listening to him. He has such a father heart. And so this particular talk is called Don't Believe the Lie. And he speaks about how there's areas of our life that we feel that are barren. And the lie is that God will not fulfill those. And so he just gives a great talk on how to choose the truth, how to choose God's blessing in, in all those areas of our life. And so I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I'm going to share that with our listeners. Go. The talk is called Don't Believe the Lie by uh, Bethel Pastor Bill Johnson. Mm, good one. Uh, my one thing mm-hmm. this week is nurses and doctors. Amen. Because we were just at the hospital. No, yeah. I mean, you know, like you realize like how important they are to have a good, we had both experiences. Okay. So we had some not so great, some that were really, really great. And I was just so grateful for the nurses and the doctors who cared about our situation, who saw us as people who loved us, who thought of ways to figure out what was going on and troubleshoot problems. I mean, it was just amazing to have them, the caregivers of the world. I know often they aren't appreciated as much as they should be. So I want to give a shout out to all of the doctors and nurses who are, who listen. Um, it's just such an important job that you have. You can make it or break it for people who are in hospitals or doctor's offices. And so I just think they're the best and they are my one thing. I'm also going to post that song. I'm going to find it on YouTube. Uh, the one by the Canadian tenors, because that's incredibly beautiful Ooh. as well. Amen. So I got two Amen. things. Two things you got from two one, one thing. two one things. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, well, thank you, dear listeners, for joining us. And once again, if you enjoy this episode, would you please share it with a friend? And you can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can go to abidingtogetherpodcast.com. Please leave us a rating, leave us a review. Uh, we love to hear from you. And we pray that in a special way, beauty will bless you, that your heart would be open to beauty in a very, very particular way this week. And until we are together again, God bless you. Have a wonderful week. <laughs>